Hello and welcome to this episode of Bring It In with me, Chris Holland from Charlton Morris. Um, this time we spoke with a marketing specialist and leader, uh, Brian Wiggum from Venn Digital, um, who are a digital agency who focus on the recruitment sector based in um, Cheshire in the Northwest. Um, the conversation that we had was was all about, it starts about how everybody's a marketer. I mean, speaking from my personal experience, I would class myself as a marketer or marketeer, depending on how you pronounce it, but I would say marketer. Um, and I think that, you know, over the course of social media and everything like that and everything that's coming, everyone's got a voice, everyone's got a platform now, it's become so important that everybody has their own brand and that extends beyond the company brand, whether you're selling your pipes or you're selling your diagnostic tests, it extends into having a brand where you talk about yourself and crucially where you talk about your business. Um, you know, LinkedIn is a super powerful tool from an employee advocacy perspective that I think a lot of people, a lot of businesses don't take advantage of because they're either scared of somebody saying something crazy, which can happen, but it's very unlikely, or they're just a little bit intimidated by it. So this episode's all about building communities, thinking like a marketer when it comes to building your employer brand and attracting people to work for your business and 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 really making the most of the biggest resource everybody says they have, which is their people. Um, I think there's going to be some really interesting conversation off the back of it and lots of questions to be asked. So um, yeah, I'll let you let you get into it and hope you enjoy listening. The first thing that I was wanted to chat about today was like, obviously you are someone who owns, runs a marketing agency. But just to talk a little bit about the fact that like, you know, we're going to be addressing sort of people working in the talent and the people space here and just how much crossover there is and just how like everybody's a marketer nowadays. Uh, um, yeah, great. And, and thanks for having me, Chris. I appreciate the, the opportunity to talk. Um, I'll never forget my dad, who was an accountant, telling me at 16, 17 that we're all salespeople. You have to be a salesperson in some shape or form. And I still say that to my developers, my designers. You have to sell your idea. I think whether you're a teacher, you've got to sell to the kids. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And maybe inspire people through storytelling. And, and maybe some of the best business people, um, career people are, are, are fantastic at storytelling. You know, maybe if you're a football manager, you're great at storytelling. So I think it, it falls under that category of sales and marketing, right? We, we're all marketeers. So whether you're marketing a product, a job, a career, an opportunity, I think it's how we tell that story. Mm. Um, and online podcasts, multimedia platforms nowadays, there's, there's so much opportunity to tell stories in slightly different ways. I think that like that adage about everyone being a salesperson I do think it's shifted into you know with social media and everyone having control of their own brand mm, yeah. it is now it's all about marketing I think you know something that I know you've spoken to me about before is the way that the b2b space can lend and borrow ideas from the b2c area isn't it and, and you know that then extends to people's personal brands and stuff but it'd be like it was massive. We, um, no, you're right. I think when we founded Venn back in 2010, my experience had been in the corporate B2B world. It was boring, it was stale, it was corporate, and there was an opportunity to kind of go into those organisations. We weren't just recruitment back then. We've only kind of lent into that sector more recent times. Um, so we've learned a lot 
I think we've learned a lot from businesses. We've learned a lot from brands. We've learned a lot from the B2B world and how to really start to tell those stories. It was more through impact. So if you're building products, rather than market the product, a screwdriver, a wrench, a hammer, a saw, talk about the, the impact that it can have. We built the Eiffel Tower. We built the Shard. It's the impact of what that, the story of that, that wrench, that wrench or that brand of wrench was what built the shard. And that, that for us was the, the beginning of our storytelling. So a website is simply a vehicle to house all that content. And I think for us, that was a kind of what made our industry or our business quite exciting back then, the mantra of consult, build, optimize. So we come into businesses saying, look, we need to consult with your organization, but this website's not for you. And I think that's the first thing we say to our clients still to this day. Nice to meet you, Chris, but this Child Tomorrow's website's not for you. Yeah. It's for your customers. What do they need to see? What do they need to engage with to trust your brand? So I think that stands true to this day, if you get it right. I think the build, there's so much stuff we can build nowadays to make it interactive, mobile first, data-led, gamification. And then it's how we then optimize the experience. So I think understanding the B2B world was a challenge. And then we had a huge privilege of now working with really exciting brands, e-commerce, fast fashion, retail, booze, uh, we did a lot in. And it, you could just learn so much about how they created a brand. They created a community. They knew who their audience was. And you only have to look at the likes of Gymshark. They're only selling what everyone else has been making for years but they just knew their audience. Boohoo is no different. They're selling cheap T-shirts, mm. but they know exactly who their target audience is. They're not going after me, so they don't waste their pounds trying to acquire me. Whereas big generic brands like an M&S or a Nix, they're trying to capture all, so it's a harder to, con to convert. So I think you can learn a lot about consumer marketing, consumer storytelling, and bring that into the world of recruitment and careers. And I think in nowhere, like... you. I think booze is a really good example, isn't it? Because, you know, booze, I, I, I like booze. Booze is great. But, um, booze doesn't like me, that's a problem. But, um, but, you know, they you look at that from a B2C perspective and, you know, a beer manufacturer or, or whoever it may be can't just say, we'll sell you this drink and, you know, you'll get hammered off the back of it. Or we'll say this drink, this drink tastes nice, this drink tastes nice. It's got to be that experience, it's got to be that party, that setting. And it's like the setting in which that drink is, is what really frames the whole, the whole product, isn't it? And that experience. I think one of the most famous anecdotes with Steve Jobs, you know, he wasn't selling when he launched the iPod. You know, he spoke to his business and he yeah. spoke to his team and it was very much the story and the anecdote of what we're selling here. And most of them lent into the tech. Yeah. We're selling a hard drive and we're selling a thousand songs in your pocket and there's all this kind of practical logic that engineers would look at. And he's like, nah, we're selling joy. Mm. We're selling happiness. You can now run through the park and run up a mountain and play tennis and go for a walk with your kids or whatever it may be. And it's just pure joy. So I think we kind of, as marketeers, we've got to sell happiness. And I think that applies for our jobs now within Charlton Morris, within Venn. The outcome of getting this job will save somebody's life. The outcome of this job will change medicine forever. The outcome of this job, we will engineer that building. The outcome of that job, you'll be able to buy a new house for your family and your kids. So I think it's how we tell those stories. We sometimes forget that as 
HR, business partners, is, is talent acquisition. We're so focused on the, the transaction. Can we get that person into that job and move on? But maybe part of the journey and the storytelling before, during the process and afterwards is the impact that we can actually make. Yeah, and, and so, we, yeah, we move from that B2B context. You know, we, we're in a B2B setting. We're borrowing from the storytelling part of the B2C, and I think you put that together into the sort of employer brand side of things. Um, I'm passionate about companies having two brands, about having an employer brand and a corporate brand, but um, it leads into the conversation that I'm sure you've had lots of times, which is around sort of job adverts versus job descriptions, <laughs> isn't it? It, it, it's job as it's, look it's, it's everything isn't it I think for a long time we have got it wrong I think you look at the it was a transactional nature it was a moment in time recruiters as long as they had the job description and pushed it out there they would genuinely arrogantly hope that somebody for the right time the right location the right job title the right salary who happened to be in the right postcode would apply for that job it's a nonsense so therefore businesses weren't building the recruiter brands their employer brands they were simply a moment in time whereas nowadays i think people they want more they want more advice insight advice they want the organization to offer a lot more so the storytelling from the the customer's customer. So for us, we're designing a website for Charles and Morris, but we're really not. We're designing it for your customers who are phenomenal businesses. I mean, some of your case studies and showcases of, of your customers really are quite inspiring in terms of what they do. But it's not even about them. It's about the people that make up Man, those organizations. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So it, it's, it's understanding how to build that story, but it's more than a description. And it has to serve a bigger purpose. Um People will always get jobs. People will always apply jobs. Why are they going to engage in your brand? And I think for us, the recruitment agency part of it, separate the two. Have your corporate services website, talking about what you do and all your proof and your storytelling for your customers, but have a separate careers website, not just a page saying no agencies, please. Mm. Absolutely lean into a large careers website and, and be proud of the business you've built. What's the founder story? How did they get there? You know, Andy's a, an inspirational guy in terms of what he's built, and he should be proud. But he needs a platform to say, that could be anyone. Mm. We can all have a stab at this if we want to, but that's more than just a one-pager. Mm. Um, but I think customers always like seeing that. If that's the way you inspire your own staff, if that's the culture that you genuinely create, then we want to pick you to be our recruitment partner. So it's a win-win. Yeah, and I, and I think it's... In, and I think... There's a bit of hesitancy when it comes to creating these um, these types of sites, like looking into a business where those companies might think, well, we don't want people to see, in inverted commas, like behind the scenes because they might think we're unprofessional. But what? I don't think, yeah, but I don't think anyone's ever been, no one's ever been criticized for having a good time at work, have they? And I think for me, it's good to see that, right, well, I, I can see your corporate service page. But then I can go that next level deeper, look at your recruitment site and say, oh, actually, there's lots of people laughing on there, having fun. And I've actually seen that, you know, that that consultant who has just helped me hire a VP for whatever salary is having a really nice time having a beer with his colleagues there. And that's good because they match up. Again, we've got it wrong. We've got it wrong. I think, you know, we fell into this trap where, you know, we were advertising, we could do pizzas on a Wednesday and a yeah. beer fridge on a Friday and we've got a pool table which by the way you're not allowed to play on because you should be doing work yeah. so I think we kind of 
we have to think about what do people really want from their business. And again, not just saying it because you're here, but obviously I've been trying to learn from your journey about becoming a B Corp and why is that even important. And I think it's that why that's what people this generation of, of candidates want to see, they expect to see. So again, I'm probably getting lost in track with the question, but for me, it's why should we open up Pandora's box and show people the internal workings of our organisation? Why not? I think we're asking the wrong question. Why wouldn't we do that? Mm. If there's things we're scared of, if there's things we need to hide, if there's things that we don't want to reveal, then should they exist? And and I think that like, you know we're talking about in the context of of sort of our business as a sort of talent business, your business as a web and marketing d- design company. But I think you know a lot of the companies we work with are might be startups and you know in the sort of tech life sciencey type spaces and you know there's there's i think that there's conversely if you show that behind the scenes nature you can actually end up saving yourself money in the sense of like you know if we've got a if we're a company and we've got a relatively short runway say with our funding um and therefore we can't pay top dollar for those people but i can show you the insight into what we're trying to build and so you know what i'm going to give you maybe slightly below the market average salary because we're having a transparent conversation about that, but I'm giving you equity. I'm giving you LTIs. Buy into that from this. Really? And then you're going to get, you know, that could be a real good way to get superstars in at, a, at for essentially less money, but who were bought in for Same the- in marketing. Yeah. You know, the best marketing dollar you can have is you. Mm. Your story, your passion, your vision, you know, the the amount, the, the kind of big, big turnaround for us. I think when we're younger, when we're smaller and we had to, we would literally, every inquiry that came through the door, we said, yes, we can help. Every startup that comes to us now, no, we can't help you. Mm. Go away. Mm. Too expensive. You're too big a risk. It's too emotional. You'll change your mind every two minutes. And financially, why are you putting money into branding, marketing, logo creation? Do it yourself. Mm. The biggest marketing you can have right now, get on Twitter, mm. get on LinkedIn, and get on a soapbox and preach to the masses. Yeah. Even if you're doing something scientific, even if you're doing something quite technical, everyone's got an audience. So I think the founder story, I'm not brilliant at it. I kind of lock myself away. I'm too Scottish to, my, my <laughs> accent's too strong. But I think that if people just recognise that with nowadays building a personal brand, you don't and you shouldn't need to appoint a marketing agency in your first 12 months to 18 months. Don't waste the money. Mm. Put your money into your personal brand. Tell your story. There's so many routes out there that are free now. But I think a careers website is the beginning of that. Here's my mission. Here's what I want to achieve. I think a company that did that really well was Monzo. Mm. You know, Tom that founded Monzo, I, I always admired the, the level of transparency that he had, his passion to change banking, his passion to to build a bank for this generation, and the fact that every day, four times a day, he used to talk about the product being broken on Twitter. But the amount of goodwill, engagement, and trust that that built, phenomenal. And and, and so we, we, from a personal branding perspective, because um, I think that's that's something that I'd like to sort of chat about here a little bit, that, you know, going right back to what we said at the start, like everyone's a, a marketer. And so if I'm sat in, you know, talent acquisition, I'm sat in an HR role or something like that, and I want to bring people into the business, you know, what would your advice be from a personal branding perspective? Like what should people talk about? What, where should they talk about it? 
LinkedIn? <laughs> Good question. LinkedIn's a weird place, right? Yeah. If it was a pub, you wouldn't go into it. Yeah. Um, everyone's preaching on LinkedIn. Um, hey, look, I think there's a few. I, I see, I do see LinkedIn of being a value, but I think for m- me personally, I think the value of LinkedIn is a bit of a signpost back to my house. Yeah. It's like, hey, look, I'm going to put out a statement on LinkedIn, but if you want to see the full video or come to the event, the meet up, the hangout, whatever it may be, come to my destination, come to my house. Mm. I think the more we just enrich LinkedIn, we're making it more valuable. But yeah, if you go back and look at your own website, it's empty. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there. Yeah. So you spend all this money or you don't spend any money on PPC or Google ranking or organic search because every time they get there, it's empty. It doesn't convert. Get it on LinkedIn. So I think we have to, my number one piece of advice for talent acquisition, think about the customer journey. Who am I going after? More importantly, where do they hang out? If I want to build my personal brand as a talent acquisition manager, where do my demographic hang out? If there's nurses, doctors, engineers, scientists, where do I need to engage my community? I think we can have the virtual world and the and the physical world more than ever come, come together now. Mm. We can do things like this, which we can then push out through YouTube as a platform. So why wouldn't you build a YouTube channel where people actually, they call it VOD, video on demand. So I think you've seen a lot more of this generation. They don't sit down at seven o'clock to watch whatever, Coronation Street. They'll just watch it on catch-up. Mm. So they'll watch video content on their devices when they're ready. So I think my first bit of advice to a talent acquisition manager, think about your own brand. Think about stories you want to tell. Think about who you want to engage with. Where do they hang out? But what do you want the journey to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just give me your CV, give me your CV, give me your CV. That's not necessarily the best approach to building a community, to building an audience and to build trust. So if you look at the way booze, again, they want to build joy, they want to build happiness. Nike want you to think of their brand top of mind. Mm -hmm. So anytime you're thinking of going for a run, gym clothes, new outfit, casual wear, or just buying some new cool trainers to go to the pub, how are they building content that enables you to engage. So just pushing out the job is arrogant. You're just arrogantly assuming somebody's going to apply today. Whereas if you tell a story, if you build a message, if you do events, meetups, park runs, fitness plans, release new technology within shoes, you've got sponsorship, you've got athletes, you've got influencers all talking about how and what they get out of the brand. Why can't a company's story do the same thing mm. careers insights successes case studies so i think talent acquisition number one what story are you telling number two what journey do you want the candidate to go on and once they get to that destination there's a difference between passive and active candidates and right now i think the higher up the food chain you go they won't be active because they'll be in a job so passively what content are you rewarding that consumer with they're all customers mm-hmm. again look at e-commerce you give them a voucher you give them a discount code, you give them 10% off for signing up to the mailing list. So what are you doing as a talent acquisition manager to reward that interaction? Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for clicking on my LinkedIn post. Now you've come to my house, my destination. I want to give you something back Welcome. in return. Yeah, yeah, and and, and like you, you often see it, don't you, that with like people who are hiring for jobs. So, you know, obviously if I'm working in-house at a company, a job comes, or as a recruiter, the job comes across my desk, and the first thing I do is write, I put an ad up for it on my website, on LinkedIn, or either or, and then I just put a, something on LinkedIn saying, I'm hiring. 
that could be for a, oftentimes it could be for a sales manager, it could be for a CCO, it could be for a VP engineer, it could be for financial controller, it could be for an office manager. Regardless of who is in that audience, who is seeing that, they're just posting it and getting it out there. And it's like, well... Spray and pray. Yeah, well, yeah, but taking that step back, be a bit more strategic and, you know, build your audience, focus on an audience and like reward them because otherwise it doesn't, you're not going to get anything back either. And I think look, it's, it's what you're doing with the Charlton Morris brand. You know, you and I have talked about it for years. It's moving away from just becoming another job posting platform. And the and the investment, which, you know, and you are market leading in what you do, but it's an investment into my brand. I want people to be part of Charlton Morris. The lifetime value of a customer will be seven times higher because they trust your brand. You might place me once when I'm 23, 24, but then I'll become a hiring manager. Then I'll become a senior director. Then I'll start my own company. I'll probably use Charlton Morris all the way through. So again, I think about the lifetime value. Again, that's an e-commerce term. Mm. What was the cost of acquisition of that customer? How much was the PPC ad? Um, what does that? And that's a metric we work to for some of our older clients. Um, and then what was the lifetime value? The fact they bought once. So lifetime value being a Nike customer. Well, if they buy a pair of shoes, they'll probably buy socks. And then mm. they'll buy shorts, and then they'll buy t-shirts, and then for an active gym wear, they'll lose a bit of weight, and they'll have to buy it all over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, the lifetime value of that brand ambassador, why can't we have the same employer brand? I think if you look at some cool businesses, and there are some phenomenal businesses out there, the big boys, Salesforce, um, I lose track now, but there's some big, big, big brands out there. And people are proud to say they work for those organizations. Super proud. So how do you tip that balance and build brand employee ambassadors? I think cost per acquisition um, is an absolutely key metric that is for everybody, everywhere, be it products, but but cost per acquisition of people should be absolutely it. You know, my, we got 10, we got, 10 applicants that we hired through our fantastic careers website this year as opposed to spending 150 grand on recruiter fees last year that didn't work. Amazing. Now, I'm not going to say don't spend money on recruiter fees. It's a great thing. Oh, but um, but like, but cost per acquisition is absolutely a key metric and that's really like direct and an interesting um, concept that people I think should be But think of the crazy, time. you know, the market's got to change. How many recruitment websites still say at the bottom, refer a friend, we'll send you 250 quid. Mm. Really? Mm. what are the chances of having a friend who's exactly right for that role at that time so I think it's journey, learn from e-commerce, I'm quite yeah. passionate about this I think our success has come from our time in e-commerce we've got a sales funnel, an acquisition funnel to try and get them to engage in the basket, it's no different to applying to the job but you probably have to nurture them to get to that point I think that learning from um, other areas, learning from 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 other industries and sectors is like something that everyone should really do more of and then bring that back into the community that they're a part of. And I think like that's another topic that I was going to mention, community in the sense of building that. Um, you know, how would you recommend, you know, so I've got people from, my, I've got a good personal brand. I've got people from LinkedIn back into my house and I want to build a community. I know that I need to do it because I want to get that, those passive job seekers, those people could work for me in a box that I can then target, but how would I go about that? What are some good things that I can do to build a community? Again, great, great question. Um, I can give you obvious words like consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to be consistent. And, and God, if, I'm, if you're learning from that word, then you probably shouldn't be in the job that you're in. Um, I, th- I think the biggest thing that 
I can share with people now is, is prove it. I think so many people tell me their organization's number one. We're the fastest growing. We are the best. We can't all be the best. So I think the, the, the word I love using now, even with my massive billion pound turnover businesses, prove it. Mm. And, and they really have to think about that. You've got no case studies, you've got no content. So how on earth are you going to build a community if you can't prove you're going to be any good at that? Mm. Why would that community trust and give up their time if you can't even prove that you're an expert in this field? Mm. So we've got to think about proof. And I think the great thing about the internet, it's quite transparent. And if you've got nothing on your website, right, I'm going to build a community. Mm. How? Mm. How? You've got nothing there to prove that you're actually an expert. So number one, it's back to that destination again. Right, hey, cool. Look, we've got to build a cool house. Again, <laughs> sounds like I'm your biggest fan, but the Charlton Morris offices, if you're not bingo, mm-hmm. they've got a pub. Um, you've built a destination, therefore they will come. Customers will come. Clients will come. People will want to work there. Why? Why have you built all this? You must be doing something with purpose. It's probably not too dissimilar to our new head office. We wanted to build a destination that people could hang out in, mm. be part of. Don't worry about leaving at five o'clock because we do stuff beyond the, the bell. So build a destination physically, build a destination digitally, but do it through content and do it through proof. I think that way you can build trust. I think very quickly people begin to believe the things you say. Don't do that through your words. Do that through your customers is my number, my, my second point. Proof can all come. Me telling you that I'm amazing only goes so far because very quickly you'll want proof, referrals, insights, case studies, something we now do at Venice showcases. So we don't even do case studies anymore. Mm. We want to celebrate our customer. We want to celebrate that xyz recruitment just do it right and here's a showcase of how and why it's a really cool approach to just really expanding on the detail of why this company's brilliant and the clever spin at the end of it as a tiny sentence at the end then we're proud to play a small part in their success so i think taking a slightly more empathetic view on life after the pandemic taking a slightly more humble view that maybe we can be successful but be slightly more polite and humble in the way we go about it. We don't have to boast that we're the number one recruiter in life sciences. We can just celebrate, Mm. check out this biotech, check out this med tech, check out this medical devices business. We want to really showcase and celebrate some of our hero brands and hero customers. by the way, by association, we and, were a small part of that. Yeah, and 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 celebrate. Or again, celebrate our employees. This is this is Brian. Um, no, no, we hide our good employees away. <laughs> we never. We, they're in a box. We don't have any because recruiters will just headhunt them. That's how people think. Yeah, we still have businesses hiding their staff. Now, again, is there any value in listing every single member of staff you have on a website? No, possibly not. But. Some showcase stories, some employee stories, phenomenal. Yeah, and you know, like I said, this is Brian. He's been with us thirteen years. He started as this. This is a video of him talking about what a great time he had, um, and you know, now he is a really successful senior leader within the business. You know, every week we're going to share two of his career tips. That's going to do that. So if you want to get involved 100%. with that, then get involved with it. And that's a way that you know, it's a that's a, a practical way you can get passive candidates in. You've got a superstar salesperson, superstar engineer, superstar leader, and that's a way that you can take that and apply that sort of 
product marketing, service marketing into an employer branding perspective. Nobody it? cares. No. Nobody cares it's Margaret's birthday. No, they don't. Nobody cares you're allowed to bring your dog to work. Or that you've worked, or that it's your work anniversary. Who cares? Got a lot of it's that. ridiculous. But if you can say we took an apprentice, turned him into, you know, a perm employee, invested in that guy, he's now bought a house, he's got married, he's had a kid. I'm so proud that I played a part in that, that, that mm. person's career. They're now a business leader. They've actually left my organization and started their own business. Mm. They are the success stories that people have to celebrate. That's the founder story. That's senior leadership. That's an apprentice. And they're the highlights, the showcases we've got to talk about. Talking about the nonsense that's out there. Um, we, we can inspire people because people are fascinating. They're an amazing people. It's down to talent acquisition. It's down to HR business leaders. It's down to founders to market those stories. It's not the marketing department's job. They're probably on product. But if HR business people and HR business partners and talent acquisition can see themselves more as storytelling marketeers, there's some phenomenal stories out there. That, and that's it. And that's the mindset that I think that I think would just make huge strides for lots of businesses if, if they adopted that. I think we, we pretty much... Um, we're pretty much at the end of, of what we're going to say. I mean, just to bring it right back round, I think that was a, a nice way of, of getting back to everybody being a marketer, which is what we started chatting about at the start. But, you know, we're here in your lovely offices. You guys do fantastic websites. And, you know, we've built the house. We've got the people. We've got the community. But then we want to, you know, from a practical perspective, how can I get my website to convert more? whether that be well let's say let's use it in the 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 talent perspective like i've got my lovely bit of content how do i get someone to apply how do i get someone to to say you know yes please i want to work there yeah it's a great question and i think it's relevancy so again expecting everyone to apply through the same path doesn't work so having everybody come in through the same funnel and apply through the same door doesn't work so I'll give three points of view. A, number one, I want to kill off the CV. To me, the CV's dead. Been dead for a long time. How can we say we do diversity and inclusion, but yet we expect everybody to apply via Word document, you save as a PDF, and you attach to the website? Some people don't have access to Word documents. Some people can't spell. So that's not very inclusive. So I think there's a way in which we have to change the practical way in which people apply. Number two, let them apply by department. Again, if you're a HR business partner, accountancy people want to apply to the accountancy department, that might increase conversion metrics. Mm-hmm. Salespeople want to apply to the sales team. I want to be part of that team. Those photos, those people, that culture, I want to be in that. Mm-hmm. And that's a very different person who wants to work in product or operations. So personality types will respond to different imagery, different content, different tone of voice. But we don't do that. We've got a one-pager that says, welcome to X company, no agencies, please. Upload your CV if you want a job here. Maybe a couple of values. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it's about thinking about e-commerce. Nike literally employ hundreds of people to work on conversion rate optimization. How can I make sure that when you come in looking for Nike trainers, that you can really filter to the type of trainers? Because a running shoe is different from a football shoe. 
In the same way, an employee who wants to work in HR is a different personality type who wants to work in sales or manufacturing or finance. So think about the journey. Think about how you can get relevant content, relevant culture, relevant insights of how you can take their career in that department. They don't want to work for Charlton Morris. They want to work for the sales team, the new business team, the account management team, the media and um, marketing team. They're the maybe the micro landing pages. So it's an investment. It's an investment in time. But Venn's next step is to start to push out careers websites, not just a one pager. We're taking all the experience of B2C, putting it into recruitment marketing, which is B2B and B2C. And then we're going to launch careers websites um, where you can really lean into the detail to inspire and excite and reduce your cost of acquisition. We will get 10 times more the applications because the relevancy of the content they engage with will, will encourage them to apply rather than just a generic, I'll apply for any job, any business because I'm desperate. So hopefully that will work over time. And that's a great way to um, that's a great way to wrap it up. I think I'm finished. I think just as one final comment on that, there's there's still such an opportunity from employer branding by just trying a bit. <laughs> that's it. Just <laughs> try. Just try. Just do. Just try. And you know, it doesn't have to be full websites. It could just be buying that tripod for your phone and getting that video on and taking that deep breath and do that thing that makes you uncomfortable. Like you will, by doing that, you'll be better than probably 90% of your competition. And particularly if you are a, a sort of bootstrap startup with a shortish runway, then these are all really achievable things that can make a massive impact. But get Grab the founder on the way down the corridor. Again, if you're in the recruitment team, the hiring team, or you are the founder, you're completely right. We've got all these personal brands. We've got iPhones, which you don't need all this kit. You can do it with your iPhone. But do get out there, be passionate, be transparent, and people will genuinely want to imply, uh, apply. But it is about storytelling. What's your mission? Are you going to the moon? And here's the team I'd like to build to be part of that. And that can be quite exciting. Yeah, because everyone's a marketer, isn't it? Great. Right, cheers, Brian. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks, cheers. cheers. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bring It In. With this series, we're always looking for debate, feedback and conversations. So to ask me a question or discuss a topic, get in touch at charltonmorris.com slash bringitin. That's also the place where you can see new episodes, live events and more. Thanks again for listening.